0: Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list, I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now find love before I hit 100 points or years, whichever comes first. You're- This week, we are continuing with the theme of turning things up a notch. But this time, I'm being serious. As with any goal I start pursuing, there comes a time when I have to look at my desires and my actions and ask myself, is this really the best I can do? Is this really going to lead me to where I most want to go? And if I'm being honest, up until now, I've just been playing. there's nothing wrong with play. In fact, as I'll explain later on, play is essential. But for me, play is safe. Play is familiar. Play is comfortable. So this week, I'm actually going to step up to the plate. I'm going to stop hiding behind the podcast. I'm going to push myself out of my very large comfort zone. I'm going to actually stare the very real possibility of finding the relationship of my dreams right in this ruggedly handsome face. Fuck, that feels scary. Don't worry, we aren't abandoning the list. In fact, this week, there are actually seven items on my list that we hit. And I'm gonna tell you what they are, just in case you're taking notes for your own list, which I hope you are, and we'll talk about that more later on too. But before I go over the seven items, I wanna say this. The point of having a list like this isn't to rush through it. It isn't to check off as many items as possible. Remember, the point of this list is to savor the waiting process of getting to your goal while also increasing your chances for success. I didn't actually set out to simultaneously check off seven boxes. And to be clear, I'm not even gonna cross them all off. I'll explain a little later which one I pick for points tracking purposes. I'm keeping the rest on the list to redo another day. And I'm also going to take a hard look at my list and revise as necessary to align better with my actual goal of finding love. This again feels scary because it's fun to date firemen and men with accents from abroad and approach a random guy in a Starbucks. And yes, those could potentially lead me to love. But what can I be doing better? How can I hide less and show up more? Okay. So here are the seven items that we'll cover today. Getting gorgeous new dating profile photos, doing a boudoir photo shoot, going on a solo vacation, sitting in a bar and having dinner alone, doing a girl's night out with a single friend, going on a date with a guy while traveling, and going on a date with a Southern gentleman. So first, let me take you back to July. I was out on a meditation walk, walking along a path that winds above the ocean on these cliffs. I love taking walks without any distractions. No phone, no music, no nothing. Just me and God. As I walk, I mostly talk to myself. In my head, of course. And usually, God will show up, interrupt me, and give me a divine download or an inspired action to take. This time was no different. Rachel, what if you do a branding shoot in Nashville in October, right after you get your braces off? You could use some for your dating profile, but you could also use it for your business. So it would be a write-off. God always has good tax advice for me. I thought about it. I mean, I could definitely use new dating profile photos. I was using old photos that were at least two years old and were of me when I was 30, 35 pounds heavier. I rationalized that I was under-promising and over-delivering and also that I wouldn't want a guy who only wanted me if I was thinner. But looking back now, and honestly, I even knew a then, that was just an excuse to stay in my pattern of being single, forever pushing away the prospect of a real relationship. You can't put forth a false version of yourself and expect to bring in something real. Okay, so I immediately messaged my photographer, Wendy, on Instagram to see if she had availability. And I messaged a stylist that I had been wanting to work with about getting information on her styling packages. Since this was God's idea, of course Wendy was available for a shoot in Nashville in October. As soon as I had a date from her, I booked the stylist, a hotel, and my plane ticket. I decided to make a whole weekend out of it. I'd fly in on a Thursday, have my shoot all day Friday, be all dolled up and hit the town Friday and Saturday night, and then fly home Sunday. I could handle dinner alone in a foreign city, but a whole weekend? I know me, and that would mean sitting in my room and ordering room service. So I texted a couple friends to gauge their interest in joining me in Nashville. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Apparently, a lot of people, because no one was excited enough to take me up on my offer. Then I'm standing in my kitchen, scrolling Instagram, and contemplating whether to change my flight and come home right after the photo shoot, which would also save money for the extra night's stay at the hotel. And all of a sudden I see a post from my friend, Nicole, and she's tagged in Nashville. Nicole is a friend of mine that I met through a coaching program that we both did. We hung out a bunch of times while she was living in LA, but that was before she moved to Nashville. Oh my God, Nicole lives in Nashville, duh. I text her and ask if she wants to spend the weekend together. She excitedly told me she was in Now, I was finally really starting to get excited for this trip. Next, Wendy and I had a planning call for the photo shoot. I explained that I wanted this shoot to be different than our previous shoots. I really wanted to put myself out there and go big in all the ways. So we discussed having shots with me in an amazing long ball gown, a boudoir portion of the photo shoot. And we also decided that we definitely needed to have some date photos with a guy in them. Wendy said she would look to hire a male model. That excited me. Fast forward, the shoot is approaching. Wendy can't find anyone. So she emails me and asks if I'd be willing to post on a dating app to see if I can find someone to be in the shoot. Um, this sounds mortifying. But if I'm all in and going big towards my dreams, that includes finding a guy for my photo shoot and also potentially one to go out with later that night. The dating app that I'm on has a feature where you can put it in travel mode and match with people in other parts of the world. So cheesy as it might be, I changed my dating profile to read, I'm a comedian, business owner, and California girl coming to Nashville for a photo shoot. I'm looking for someone adventurous and fun who would be willing to be in my photo shoot and pose as a date. It would be like a reality show and would make an excellent story to tell on future first dates. I set my profile to Nashville, swiped a few guys, and then I waited. Pretty quickly, I had some matches. The first guy asked if the intent was to hook up. No, you pervert. I said there would be someone taking photos of us. I started to feel nervous and a little bit discouraged. But a couple hours later, I was on the phone with another one of my matches. He was super nice, respectful, and he was in. After our call, he texted me a list of bars where we could do the shoot and also photos of him in a couple different outfits for my approval. He was taking it very seriously. It was kind of adorable, actually. He was pretty good looking too and had a strong Southern accent. So I'm not gonna lie. I was excited about having a date with this guy, even if it was just for show. I was kind of hoping we might have some chemistry and would continue our date later that night. So here I am, I have my photographer, my stylist, my clothes, my date, my girlfriend for the weekend, and I'm on my way. I got in Thursday night, checked in, and went down to the bar to have dinner. It had a dark speakeasy type of vibe. I slid up to the bar, as one does in the South, and Lando, the bartender, handed me a menu. He then went back to talking to the two other guys at the bar. I was very pleased to see the guy sitting right next to me, was very handsome, and was wearing a black cowboy hat. Oh my God, I loved Nashville already. But no, I went back to my room quickly and alone because I had to get up super early for the shoot the next day. And my photo shoot was my top priority. The next morning at 8 a.m., Wendy and Cassie, my amazing hair and makeup gal, knocked on the door. I won't take you through every detail of the photo shoot, but suffice it to say, the day was amazing. These two women are masters at their crafts and they made me feel like a superstar. This is probably because they both actually do work on famous people. They are the best of the best. We had a great time taking photos all over Nashville. And then the last shot of the day was back at my hotel with the guy, the Southern Gentleman. We took photos for about 20 minutes, and then afterwards, he asked me if I wanted to get a drink at the bar. He stayed drinking and chatting with me until late into the night. I had invited Nicole to join us too, and she spent a little time chatting with us, and then a long time chatting with a John Mayer lookalike. That's a story for another time. Anyway, towards the end of the night, I actually did contemplate what it would be like to take him up to my room, just to make out with him. And he had given me clear indications that he would be okay with this during the photo shoot. But I chickened out and didn't ask him. He left around midnight. It's really too bad because if I had done the last episode, episode six, the one talking about having a one night stand, before this trip, this guy would have been a perfect candidate. So at this point, I'm crossing off, go on a date while traveling. This is something that I've actually done before, but not since I started the list. In fact, the other ones were the first three dates I ever went on after my divorce. So like four years ago, because yes, as I mentioned in episode one, I had a story that no one in Newport Beach would want me. So I only dated when I traveled. I went on my first date in almost 20 years in the South of France with a French personal trainer. My second date was in Miami with a recently divorced lawyer. And my third date was somewhere in the middle of the ocean on the Esther Hicks cruise to Alaska with a very tall, bald man from Nashville, actually. So the next day, Nicole and I spent some time walking around Nashville and shopping. While in a cute little thrift store, contemplating buying a very overpriced vintage Angels t-shirt, I got a text from the Southern gentleman. He had texted me the night before when he got home after midnight. And I had replied earlier that morning saying how much I genuinely enjoyed meeting him. He thanked me and then he asked me for Nicole's number. I felt like a pang in my heart because even though I didn't intend to have a long distance relationship with him and even though he isn't even looking for a relationship and even though I had attempted to set them up since they both live in Nashville, it still stung. I realized it triggered that old feeling, that old belief that I'm never the one picked. Do you know that feeling? When you go out with a friend and the guy's interested in her, not you, maybe you're the lucky one. Maybe you're the one they always pick, not me. I'm always the friend. I'm the smart one or the funny one, but I'm never the chosen one. Thankfully, I've done enough work to know that the universe will always mirror back to you your own beliefs. I know that if I want this to change, I have to change my belief. For the record, I sent him Nicole's number with her permission, of course. She's new to Nashville and was looking for new friends to hang out with. But that night, it happened again. Nicole and I went in search of live music. We happened upon a bar Cassie, my makeup artist, had mentioned. As we walked up, a fire truck pulled up. Hello, Southern fireman. A stretcher rolled down the ramp from the bar and they whisked away a young girl. We saw a handsome older guy walking out and Nicole asked him what had happened. We started chatting and Soon we found ourselves going into the bar to meet his friends. These guys were from California in town for a mortgage convention. And soon I saw the wedding rings. They were all married. No, thank you. The guy from outside, John was super nice. Can I get you girls drinks? Do you need anything? He was very engaging. And then all of a sudden he leaned over and whispered to me something like, I like your friend or your friend is pretty great. Again, Super not interested in a married guy, but that pang of not you, Rachel, hit me. I spent some time pondering how I felt because I'm a dork about growth and have to measure and analyze everything that comes up. So there I am in the corner of a bar with loud live music playing and I'm like, okay, Rachel, how does this make you feel? I'm happy to report that it didn't actually bother me much at all, but most likely only because he wasn't an actual candidate. But if it was someone that I was actually interested in, I can't say that it wouldn't sting. Again, the universe will mirror back to me my own belief. So if I'm going to step everything up, that includes my beliefs. So I am chosen. I am choosable. Nicole and I eventually decided to leave and go back to the rooftop bar at my hotel. We sat and had a really deep connected conversation. I even told her about the triggers that had come up for me about not being chosen. She told me she's often the one not chosen as well and knows that feeling. That conversation was actually exactly what I needed and was seeking, real conversation and connection to be heard and understood by another human being. It was way better than getting hit on by random guys or taking a stranger back to my room. And the next day I flew home. On the flight, the flight attendant announced that we wouldn't have any internet access during the flight. So to prepare by downloading something quickly, I pulled out a book that had been sitting in my Audible library for quite a while. Get the Guy by Matthew Hussey. One chapter that really caught my attention talked about the importance of starting conversations with strangers. By the end of the flight, I had decided I was going to do a hundred conversation challenge as part of the podcast. So 100 conversations. Here we go. I racked up my first conversation with the guy in the middle seat next to me by asking him about his tattoo. He was so happy to tell me about where he got it and how they did it and the significance and what his wife had to say. I learned so much about this man in just the 10 minute conversation we had. So here's the crazy thing. I'd call it a coincidence, but I don't believe in those. This is exactly what Nicole coaches people on starting conversations. Only she teaches in the context of sales and the book was talking in the context of dating. But Nicole's always telling me that sales is like dating. So I decided when I landed, I was going to reach out to Nicole and get her advice on how to do this better. And then what better way to end the Nashville episode than by having Nicole, my Nashville wingwoman and conversation starting expert, come on and talk about the art of starting conversations. So, whether you want to find a date or a client or a customer or a new friend, whether you want to make sales or make love, here are some tips on how to start conversations.
1: I have done this now for a long time, but I, i've done it a lot more recently and I started it when I was in New York a couple of weeks ago i 'd walk every morning to the office that I was going to and I would make eye contact with and smile at as many people as I could. Not in a weird way. I wasn't that like weird goober walking the (laughs) streets in New York, like, you know, with a shit-eating grin on my face. like. (sighs) But it was very organic, very legit. And I would just say good morning. And it was kind of a contest. It was a fun game for me to see how many people would smile back or say good morning back. But it was really cool to see how many people really did appreciate just the glance just the connection just the hello just the i feel seen right i'm not just a random person walking the streets of new york it's like you saw me for a split second and i think that's a nice way to kind of jump into the the conversation challenge as well is like just start genuinely saying hello or good morning or how are you to people and let it be okay that it doesn't turn into a full-blown conversation if that feels more comfortable stepping into
0: more connection and more opportunities to get yourself into a conversation I love that. It's funny because this morning I went on a walk and I have this like four mile loop that I like to do. And I walked out and all of a sudden this like men's running club ran past me and I, the first two didn't smile. So I was like, fine, I hate people and (laughs) I'm not going to be friendly either. But the next guy like really made eye contact and smiled and he was pretty good looking. And so of course I quickly smiled back. And then smiled to the next people after him because it made my face muscles start to go into the smile, you know, mode. But it was funny because as I was walking, I was like, I'm so glad I did that. I wonder how that could have started into a conversation. And then, you know, my comedian part kind of kicked in and I was kind of like, well, I could have shouted like hey, what's the hurry or where are you going or what's the rush, you know what I mean? To like the running club. And I imagined him like coming back and talking to me and us falling in love and getting married and having, or not having children, but I don't know, adopting a house plant or something. But we had a whole future together and it wouldn't have happened if he didn't actually initiate with the smile. If he would have just ran past, like hit the two guys in front of him. But like I said, everybody after all of a sudden had a smile on their face.
1: I think one of the important things for everybody who's going to do this challenge with us to remember is the worst time to think about what you're going to say is the moment you're saying it. So I think it's important to not just like leave it to chance and hope in that moment. Like, listen, there's really funny people, Rach, like you, who are very witty, like on cue. There's people like me who I don't think I'm witty on cue. I could think about something for a while that might be funny, but it's not necessarily going to come out of my mouth at the right moment. And I think it's important whether you're witty or not to think like, hey, where am I going to be today? I'm going to be at the gym. I'm going to be at Starbucks. Okay, what would be an organic way for me to start a conversation? And I think the entry point for all of these should really be the smile. It's like the it's like the gateway to a conversation, right? A smile is like, hey, I come in peace. Hey, I'm I'm a kind person. And it kind of opens that door, which is why it's like the gateway for a, a, a potential conversation. But also have some things in mind that you know you could say, regardless of where you're at. Like if you're at the gym, if you're in the frozen aisle at the grocery store, if you're in line at the coffee shop, like what are some things that you can kind of use that you know would be good, easy conversation starters in those different scenarios. But always coming from an energy of curiosity. Like people want to be cared about more than anything. And curiosity is your tool to show somebody that you care. And you're going to have a much better chance of actually having a legit conversation with somebody if they feel that you are really interested in them. Not in a weird way, not in a, we have to be best friends after this, you know, conversation in line at Starbucks kind of way, but just being curious. And, and when you're starting a conversation, let it come from genuine curiosity, not from a, I'm desiring a specific outcome here.
0: Absolutely. And to piggyback on that, something you told me once was, it's really powerful if you can start with a question instead of a statement, because a statement will, like I shared before that I saw a guy across the parking lot and I said, I just have to tell you that is one hell of a mustache. And he got a big smile on his face and he he thanked me and he said, thank you. I've been working on it for some time. And I said, well, keep it up. And that was it. That, that was the end. But if I had said, as you had suggested, something like, when's the last time someone told you how amazing your mustache was or starting it in in a conversation, then you get to be curious because instead of saying something and then being curious about what they're going to say back, you actually are asking something from a place of curiosity. So I love that starting with a question instead of a statement. Yeah. I love that.
1: Well, and I think that's important to remember too. One of the tips that I always share in the work that I do is you know, with my clients and from a sales perspective, the person in control of the conversation is the person asking the questions And having some really, it's like having tools in your tool belt, having a couple of really powerful questions that you can always bring up to start a very organic, simple conversation is actually how you can maintain control over starting more conversations in your life. Because like you said, if it's just a statement, it's not necessarily going to go anywhere. If you ask a question that opens the door for a conversation, it's like the smile, right? The friendly smile, the welcoming, Hey, I come in peace. And having a good question to ask, even if it's like, "Oh my gosh, this line feels longer than normal. Is it just me? right? And that's just a, and the person might be like, maybe they'll grunt and and mumble something <laughs> they English, I don't know, but they get to choose right everybody has their own free will if they want to take you up on that offer of, of a conversation. But I think to remember like having some good questions to ask is a very nice way to show that you're interested in the other person because you're caring about their opinion or their answer. And it's a way to stay curious and show them that you care and let it go from there. What, what it turns into, you know, questions, start the conversations, conversations, build relationships, relationships, create the opportunities. And the opportunities is where all the magic is for people to take action. And we never know what those
0: opportunities are going to be. So approach with curiosity and trust that the universe has your back. And I think just awe and wonder, like,
1: Yes, I I know that those sound like a little maybe silly to some people, but it's like just the awe and wonder of truly the miracles that can come out of starting conversations. And to me, it's like, listen, if you're a competitive person, make it into a game. If you're not competitive, just make it something that is a, a habit each day of connecting with more people in your life and allowing that to show you, you know, it's like, I say this every day, I want the universe to dazzle me. And, and yeah. I say, dazzle me, like, how, how are you going to show me today? You know, and, and every day there's opportunities for me to see how incredible and amazing it is. And I think connection with people is something that not only do we all crave more and more of, I think it's something that we have complete control over. We just have to start to make it more intentional each day. And that's why you and I are starting the challenge so that more people can have
0: a reason to start these conversations and allow the magic to unfold. It's funny that you say that about awe and wonder because it is something that I have definitely adopted as I want to feel this way, right? I'll ask my clients, "Well, how do you want to feel at the end of this 90-day container or whatever it is?" and I'm like, "Oh, empowered," I'm to them. like, "I want to feel like awe and wonder." And I actually when I turned 46 in May, I wrote a list of experiences that I was going to manifest for this year, and one of the things I wrote was, "Holy shit, how's this my life experiences." Just kind yeah. of like holy shit, how is this my life? Awe and wonder, you know, galore. And and the universe is not disappointed. I have had many instances of like thinking that and going like, oh yeah, I was manifesting this. So to say, you know, there's a plaque I bought my mom and it says, um, always expect something wonderful is going to happen today. And she has it in her kitchen. And it's kind of like, always expect something wonderful is going to come out of this conversation. You know, always expect to be dazzled as a result of yeah. this conversation, whether you're dazzled immediately or the dazzle mint takes, you know, a couple days or weeks to kick in, there will be dazzling that will happen if you trust that there will be.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, the awe and wonder thing actually came from a friend of mine a couple of years ago when I first started. So I wasn't in sales my whole life. I was a high school teacher. And when I first joined my corporate company, when I still worked for them, I was new to sales. But the thing that I loved was starting conversations and building relationships with people. I didn't have a freaking clue how to sell. I didn't know yet what I needed to do to sell. But what I liked is starting conversations. And I was training with one of the women who had, you know, she was very experienced and very successful. And she said, you know, you have this sense of childlike awe and wonder about you. And I hope you take that in the best way possible, because that's how I mean it. Because there's this natural way that you just connect with people from that space of awe and wonder. You're so open to the potential of the conversation. And honestly, still to this day, I remember like it was yesterday, it was probably one of the nicest things that I feel like anybody ever said to me because it brought my awareness to what that felt like for other people to experience. And it brought my awareness to how much I actually did enjoy that. Like I like being in a state of awe and wonder and allowing the universe to dazzle me. And that's
0: what I looked at starting conversations as. Absolutely. And I think this is actually a perfect transition to what I wanted to end on. And that is, so oftentimes we can get impatient. We can want immediate gratification. That was me with looking for love. And as I've shared before, Part of what my bucket list was for me was to savor the waiting, to really make the waiting process more enjoyable. And so what I did for that was I created this whole bucket list idea, this whole game. And so I've also mentioned that my goal with the podcast is to like entertain, inspire and embolden people, like really get them to take action. And one way I've found that I emboldened myself was putting together this bucket list But the cool thing is that people are... I got a message um, on Instagram the other day. This woman said, I'm going to put together a bucket list for a different area of my life. I'm inspired to start putting that together. And what we did in Nashville was you said, I'm going to create my own dating bucket list. And you actually started it while we were there and we brainstormed it a little bit. So you're the first official love before 100 bucket list creator, which I'm super like excited about. I hope more people will do this too in whatever area they're looking for. But let's talk about yeah. your list and a little bit about what's on it. Yeah.
1: Okay, hold on. Let me open it up here.
0: So I thought this was
1: really fun because it was, as I mentioned earlier, I I like games. I'm a little bit of a competitive person, sometimes to a fault, but I knew it would be an opportunity to have a little fun with it and and you know give myself some accountability around it. So some of the things that I put on it 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 was funny cuz it started to feel a little bit like bachelorette party to me and I was like, <laughs> well, I don't need to do anything like too stupid or crazy, you know. But here are some of the ones that I think are really funny. Find a guy named Pete. I don't know why I think that that one's funny and I have no idea why Pete. Like that name has no significance to me, but I just think It's a very like silly, but organic way to start a conversation, right? With, with a lot of different people. If I'm looking for a guy named Pete. I mean, I could see you even asking,
0: do you know anyone named
1: Pete? Yeah. 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 Like who in your life is named Pete? Do you know anybody named, you know, like whatever. Um, This one I think is really funny. Pretend to be a bouncer and check someone's ID. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it's just a great way to kind of, you know, connect with a bunch of different people who think that you're Although I think a guy might have a little bit of an easier time, like yes. kind of
0: pulling off the I'm a bouncer vibe. Oh, I thought you were gonna say easier to give you their ID, but. Um,
1: well, that too, yeah.
0: that too. Um, I was a, a bouncer. I was a bouncer at the Irvine Improv. Yes, I was. I checked IDs and I had to quiet down the hecklers. So, and I'm five two. And at the time, I, it was right after college before law school. So I guess I would have been 22 years old. So if I can do it you can do it.
1: How dare I have such gender bias in this area? Like, I, I, I apologize. I'm going to call I, you I out. On it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, use a fake name and occupation, which I actually got from you because I know that the night that, you know, a couple nights we were out in Nashville, you were like, let's use fake names. And my fear is always that I won't remember. <laughs> <how my laughs>
0: fake I love the fake occupation part mostly just because you get to like, I don't know. It gives you this different freedom. It's kind of this like cheekiness. Like, yeah, I wouldn't do it with someone that I was hoping to actually land a relationship with. Cause then you're starting off with a lie. And, but I would do it mostly when I was in Las Vegas. Like I would do it when I was kind of traveling just to kind of be funny with, with it, it's the same thing of non-attachment to the result. Right. Like, and I would always right. say that I was a nurse from like Oklahoma when I was in Vegas. And, um, I don't know, it gave me some kind of, I felt power or something. So, yes, I'm I'm I definitely like that one. You don't even have to tell the person, just pretend. Like, I'm a nurse or I'm a lawyer, or I'm a veterinarian, whatever you want to pretend you are. It gives you just a different, you know, right. something. Right. I well, and, or just be pretend
1: to be the up-leveled version of yourself that you're already becoming, right? Well, every day, yeah. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the other ones I and I always think this one is funny too. I think it's important for me to have things on my bucket list that will be funny and make me laugh because then I'm much more apt to do them. So I think, you know, part of like making your own bucket list is knowing what will make it a game for you, what will make it fun for you. And I haven't even assigned mine any points. I think it's more of like just having them on the list and doing them. That's really the most important part for me. There's some other ones on here, like get a guy to serenade
0: me. Dance on a table. These are the ones that felt a little bachelor party. Speak with an accent. Because I remember I took some accent classes. I can't do it. But you claim that you have a very good British accent that you could use, right?
1: I used to. And I don't know what happened. Because when we were in Nashville, I could not. Maybe I'm (laughs) just out to practice. I I like silliness. I like, here's my thing. If right off, like people like you who are witty and funny, who have those quick witted responses. To me, that's where I feel most like happy and enjoying the conversation. And so I think the idea of what I'm putting on my bucket list kind of brings that out right away. That
0: silliness, that goofiness and more opportunity to enjoy the conversation. I mean, we all lack play in our lives and this is a way to really play. And you're playing, I was going to say you're playing with yourself, which you are also (laughs) sounds bad. But like, <laughs> you're playing with yourself. You don't need, you know, other people exactly. to do it with you. And it it ends up attracting other people because yes. it's a fun kind of energy. But as we grow older, and especially like the last couple of years, I think people have really shut down that kind of playful energy. And so really what I'm trying to awaken for people is let's just play. Like, let's have fun yeah. again, you know? Like, let's enjoy The trip to Starbucks instead of there's so many wah, wah, wah conversations and people in the world. Like let's, you know, let's not be them and let's radiate
1: playfulness. I agree. I think play is the thing that's really missing more than anything. And it's, it's actually the secret to so many things because it brings out our true essence of who we really are when we're just playing and it does attract people. It's like, you're in that, I don't need you, I'm enjoying myself, I'm enjoying life kind of vibe and people are just naturally attracted to that because there's no need there. There's there's no, it's, it's you're magnetic in so many ways because you're just so happy and um,
0: content with being here and being present and being alive. Absolutely. Okay, this is definitely something that I want in my forever relationship. I wanna have that aspect of play. It's not just while I'm looking for my person I think we talked about this. I don't know if it was in a conversation we had or, or when it was, but when you meet somebody under the guise of something, right? Like when you, like I was thinking today, I kept seeing all these men with dogs and I thought, oh, I should get a dog. You know, I have a lot of friends like you and my friend Lindsay. She'll say, oh, I'm, I've met so many people with my dog. And I thought, oh, I should get a. But I'm allergic to dogs. And so I thought if I go to a dog park <laughs> to meet a guy, I'm going to meet him under the guise of I'm a dog person. and then I'm going to be disappointed that like he wants the dog to sleep in the bed and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And so right. if I don't meet someone in, under the guise of I'm looking for my playmate, then uh, like I need it to be front and center in the in courting in all of it, because I I want to continue that until I'm a hundred. You know what I mean? I I want that to continue. So I feel like if you're not a playful person, that's fine. You're You're not my soulmate. It's okay. But make this list, whatever appeals to you, make it fun if you want to, or make it grumpy and serious. And if that's you, that's fine. No judgment. Totally.
1: I think that's the most important thing is like, you know, it's like the story I've told you about my friend who pretended to like football because she knew that if we went and watched football, there were a bunch of guys there and she got into a serious relationship with one of the guys. And about three months in, they were always at odds with one another because He wanted to watch football all the time. And she was like, all he ever wants to do is watch football. And I'm like, well, why do you think that is? Right? And and so where she was meeting people wasn't necessarily authentic to her. I'm not saying you you have to love football if you're out watching football. But essentially, like you with the dog park, that's going to be eventually that's going to come out in the wash that, hey, you're not actually a dog person the way a lot of people at a dog park might be. And that might drive a little bit of a wedge between the two of you because the dog can't sleep in the bed and he wants the dog to sleep in the bed or, you know, whatever it is. So I think I think it's really important. We've said a lot of helpful things, but probably one of the most important things is what's your happy place that would feel natural for you to connect with people? Like for me, I've been sober now for five years. I don't think it's as natural for me to meet people in a bar. Not that I couldn't meet somebody in a bar that would be my soulmate or be the perfect fit. but generally speaking, there's a chance that our priorities might be a lot different depending on how often they frequent said bar, because that's not where I'm looking. I have no problem with it. I can be at bars. I don't mind being around people that are drinking. It's just not going to be my number one priority. So I think, you know, meeting somebody at a yoga studio or, you know, a place where I'm, I feel happiest and most natural is going to be the best chance to meet somebody who, we have, you know, a
0: connection and, and things in common. Absolutely. I love that. That's it is essentially, it, it, you could have on your list that you pretend to be somebody else, but just for the purposes of entertaining yourself. But for the most part, just be yourself and be 100%. go to the places that you enjoy and talk about things that you enjoy and you can't go wrong.
1: Even from a very simple, like, where could you, like, this has been one of mine lately. I work all day, every day at my house by myself. It's, it's me and my dog. So it's like, okay, well, I still have to do work, but could I do it somewhere different that would give me more opportunities to start conversations? And to be honest, can I take my dog to these places? Because it gives me a better chance of meeting somebody who's also a dog person, which at this point, I've dated guys while I have a dog, I've dated guys who weren't dog people and it it became a little bit of an issue in that relationship because if they aren't true dog people, well I am. And so, I think just having that understanding as well of where else could I go work? Well, going to a co-working space. And if I I'm not saying I have to bring my dog, but it it's an easy way to start conversations with other people who probably have something in common with me if they are attracted to wanting to pet my dog. Right. And better to know
0: right off the bat, is this a dog person or not? Because, you know, you don't exactly. It's it's an easy filtration system where you show up. It's like me going to Starbucks if I don't like coffee or I don't. I mean, yes, they serve tea and stuff like that. But like, don't start off in a lie, essentially. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So yeah, what's your happy place? Where can you change some of your habits that you already, like things that you're already doing, where could you do it differently and give yourself some more opportunities to meet people with common interests?
0: Absolutely. Wasn't that such a great conversation with Nicole? As you heard, I even recruited her to do the 100 Conversation Challenge with me. Will you join us? Are you willing to put yourself out there using her tips? I'm excited to hear what surprises the universe has in store for you. And speaking of surprises, I've already updated my dating profile with my new photos and things are off to a strong start. If you're curious to see my photos from the Nashville shoot, find me on Instagram at the Rachel Birch. It's also linked in the show notes and be sure to come back next week to hear all about the promising new prospects and also the handsome stranger I enrolled to accompany me as I make my way down my new and improved bucket list.